helping to secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. This is the Constitution Study on the America Out Loud Network with your host, Paul Engel. Have you heard the saying, be kind to your children, they will choose your nursing home? It's one of many idioms designed to show that the generation we are raising will one day take over from us, which means that training the next generation is one of the most important jobs someone can have. So who has been raising the latest generations? A little observation leads me to believe it's not who you think it is. Vladimir Lenin said, Give me your four-year-olds, and in a generation I will build a socialist state. You may think this would never happen in America, but it already has. Approximately 90% of American children are educated in government-run schools. And even most of the rest of the private schools and homeschoolers' curriculum? Well, it's following the same government standards as the government schools. Now, this is perfectly in line with the ideas of Karl Marx, who said, The education of all children from the moment they can get along without a mother's care shall be in state institutions. Look at what is being taught in those government schools and how much time is being spent on it. Civics, history, and independence have been replaced by racism, sexualization, and dependence on the state. What the Marxists could not win by war, they have won by education. Look at what is happening to those who push back against the racism and sexualization being taught in schools. They are targeted by school boards, editorials, and even federal law enforcement. Where have we heard this before? Why, Adolf Hitler in 1933, who said, If the older generation cannot get accustomed to us, we shall take their children away from them and rear them as needful to the fatherland. Is it any wonder that recent generations hate America and embrace the isms, you know, socialism, communism, and Marxism. At five years old, and even younger in some places, we hand our children over to a government-run system that has shown itself to be more and more collectivist and anti-American. Then we're shocked to find out that our children hate the very freedoms that allowed them to be free. If the hand that rocks the cradle rules the world, Shouldn't we pay more attention not only to whom that hand belongs to, but what is guiding it? Hello there, Everyday Americans. Paul Engel here with the Constitution Study, where we read and study the Constitution. We teach the rising generation to be free. And today, we're going to be looking at that hand that's been rocking the cradle, and we're going to look at some of the aftermath and hopefully come up with some tools, some answers as to how we can regain maybe some of this generation, maybe some of the next generation. Because if we don't, the land of the free and the home of the brave will no longer be. You know, it's interesting. Axios did a survey. And according to their survey, uh, they started back, they've actually been doing it uh, annually for, since 2015. And back in 2015, more than 40% of young adults said they were extremely proud to be an American. In 2023, that number's down to 18%. And what's interesting is you've got, it looks like it's about 42% in 2015. It was, again, about 42 43% in 2017. So in just over, in just six years, we've gone from 
more than 40% of young Americans extremely proud to be American to less than 20. What's causing all of this? Well, to me, this is the, uh, uh, call it the hockey stick effect, call it whatever you want, but this is the outcome of decades of government-run education that is staffed and, and directed by Marxists. Pick your ist of choice, right? They're all collectivists. Marxist, Leninist, Maoist, communist, socialist. It's all about the collective above the individual. And, and part of this is you've got you've got the racist, the sexist, the the you know anti-Americanists. It's amazing that that they're being indoctrinated with people that truly hate America. And think about it. We take our children at about five years of age and we send them to a government controlled school. And they're there for what, six, seven hours a day? They come home, they maybe spend a couple hours, if that, with mom and dad. And we're surprised that this, this institution has shaped our children. We shouldn't be. In a recent Gallup poll, Americans over 55 years of age were more than three times more likely to be extremely proud of their nationality than our younger generations. 39% of all U.S. adults said they were extremely proud to be an American, but only 18 said they were, 18% said they were extremely proud, uh, I should say 18% of those 18 to 34 said they were extremely proud. Why is this? Why this lack of pride? Is it suddenly we're realizing that America is racist, sexist, homophobic, whatever? No. No, we used to have, um, we used to have slavery. And we used to have Jim Crow and a lot and, and, and actual systemic racism, government enforced racism. We got rid of most of that. Right now, the closest, the only government informed racism we have, enforced racism, has been affirmative action. It, 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 you talk about sex, and people have gone far beyond what, what most of us would consider appropriate sexual activity with our children. Could it be that our children are being taught? What is, let me put it another way, what is the common denominator most likely of these, these people who no longer are extremely proud to be Americans? Well, one thing is, probably most, if not all of them, went to a government-run school. I know they call it public school. Let's face it, it's a government indoctrination center. Governments choose the curriculum. Government pays for it. Shouldn't be surprising. It also shouldn't be ter terribly surprising that if you look at a political party identification, um, a, a Republican is, what, about three and a half times more likely to say they're extremely proud than a Democrat. Of course, the Democrats are basically Marxists with another, you know, with, with another title. I mean, who was it? Um, um, uh, I want to say it was Lenin that said, yes, Lenin. He said that democracy is indispensable to socialism. So when we talk about doc, doc, uh, Democrats and their push for democracy, what they're really pushing is the lead the, the guide towards socialism. So of course they would hate America because America is about being independent. It's about being free, not being part of the collective. Public schools 
train children to be Marxist, Leninist, racist, sexualist, perverted, and narcissistic. To focus on themselves above absolutely everything else. Why do you think we hand out uh, participation trophies? Why, why do we avoid grades that can make people feel bad, bad? Why this push towards a collectivism in school? Because the people who've been trained to run schools have been trained in Marxism, Leninism, Socialism, Communism. They've been trained in the isms. Probably the one ism they haven't been trained in is capitalism. And they certainly haven't been trained in freedom or liberty. So if the hand that rocks the cradle rules the world, what hand has been rocking our cradles the last decades? Again, I'm a product of public school. For me, mostly in the 1970s. So we're talking 50 years ago. And while uh, it, it wasn't as bad as I, what I hear today, there's still, there was some collectivism in that. But we still taught things like, well, we stopped teaching history. And when I was in high school, they taught social studies. You're studying the society, you're not studying the actual history. But we still believed in, you know, we, we were against racism. We were against treating people differently based on the color of their skin. You know, we, we still believed that, that women could be allowed to do anything they want, but they weren't forced to. We were starting to see this push towards demeaning womanhood. What do I mean? Well, I remember you know, people would look at my wife saying, oh, you are just a housewife? What do you mean, just a housewife? She's raising the next generation. What more important job could there be? When I, again, when I was in school, there was a push to get women. You have to be in the, it doesn't, you can't stay, don't stay home with the kids, go out to the workforce. Take your children, hand them over to some daycare center to raise them for you because you can't be, you can't be bothered. You've got work to do. If you're not more like a man, well, then you're not worth anything. I remember the cries from the so-called feminists saying that uh, you have to have more women in jobs, whether they're qualified or not. I remember, I wish I could remember who it was, but the, she was being interviewed, and uh, um, they were asking about, there, there was a push to have female firefighters in New York City. Now listen, I don't, you know, if, if I'm in a burning building, I don't care who it is that shows up to save me. I want someone that can pick me up, throw me over their shoulders, and carry me down flights of stairs to safety. I really don't care. But this person was pushing for a lower physical standard for women so that women could be firefighters. And the interviewer asked, well, what about, what if they have to pick up a 250-pound man? I said, no, you drag them by their feet. That way their head is lower to the ground where the smoke isn't. And all I could think of is bouncing their head off the steps as you pull them down the steps, giving them concussions and traumatic brain injury. So this has been going on for decades. It's just we've gone so far that what was considered inconceivable in my day and age when I was in school is now considered required teaching. To, to the, the idea is to teach someone that says, we were taught 
you teach you, you, you the color of someone's skin should not matter when they're applying for their job, whether it's applying for a school, whether it's participation in a group, it shouldn't matter. Now we're told in many cases that's all that matters. We were told segregation was bad. Now we're being told, no, segregation is good. We need separate graduations for blacks and Hispanics and Asians and whites. We need separate dorm rooms and in, in, in colleges and universities based on race. The hand that's rocking the cradle is no longer the moms and dads in many cases. It's the government actors. The ones that went to the schools that taught them that um, racism is good as long as it's against the white folk and maybe the Asians, what they call white adjacent. That, uh, you know, sexualization of minors, we used to call that pedophilia. About the only person that got it worse in prison than a cop was a pedophile. Now we're taught in school. Hey, little Johnny, little Susie, we'll teach you how. Don't look up to America. Don't look at the, no, we're not perfect, but you know what? We've brought freedom and liberty to more around the world than anyone else. The American citizen donates more in charity than anyone else. That we have shed blood and treasure to protect the rights of, of people around the world. Not always perfectly. Don't look up to that. Look back 50, you know, look look back 150 years, see just how evil our history was, and figure we could never change. Live as if we're living in 1863 or 1820 or 1835. As if we still have slaves, as, as if you know we've got uh, uh, white and colored drinking fountains, as if blacks are made to sit in the back of the bus. Act as if that's still true. Teach these young children. That America hates them. And that all this claim of, of opportunity well, doesn't exist. Not because, the, because people don't like the color of your skin. And I wonder just how much damage these people are doing. If the hand that rocks the cradle is a, a, racist, a racist, hypersexualized pedophile why are we surprised when our children are or grow up to be that way? And I have some examples. I'm not just giving anecdotes. I want to look at some articles to show just how much freedom and liberty are being destroyed because the hand that rocked the, that rocked the cradle taught our children to rule the world not in freedom and liberty, not in independence, but in collectivism and tyranny and the imposition of your, your point of view by force. It's not that you should uh, persuade someone that you're right. You need to bully them into, believe, into complying with your wishes. It's not that someone you'll, you'll, you will discuss with somebody if you disagree with them. It you'll do everything you can to shut them down. They're not allowed to disagree with you. Ladies and gentlemen, we're living here today because we the people let the Marxists rock the cradle. And as Lenin said, he's building a socialist dystopia right here in the good old U.S. of A.
And I've got some examples I want to look at, but as I said, I got to, I have to take a break. Before I go, though, you know, I hope you'll head over to the over to constitutionstudy.com. That's the website for the Constitution Study. You can ask a question. You can sign up for one of my mailing lists. You can purchase a book. Um, there's so much there. And it's in the middle. I've been working on a revamp. It's going to be different. I'm making it. Uh, I want to have some more information out there you might find interesting, more ways of communicating. So please check it out, constitutionstudy.com. Of course, the Patriots program will be launching soon. I'm still working on the video. I've had some interruptions that, that have kind of kept me away from it for a while, but um, it will be there. You can find out more. Again, constitutionstudy.com. One of the things that I think is important to my life and allows me to do what I want to do is having a healthy immune system. I'm out and about. I'm meeting people. I'm, you know, shaking hands and, and talking face to face. And you can spread a lot of germs that way. So supporting my immune system while on the go is important. But it's also, it's pretty simple because I use healthy cells, immune boosting nutrients. They're called immune super boost. It's available in a travel-ready gel pack. It contains over a dozen immune supplements in that one package, which means I can throw it in my bag, I can hit the road, and I can take it when I need it, either directly out of the package or mixed into something to drink. Now, since you listen to America Out Loud, you can get 25% off your first order from Healthy Cell if you use the code OUTLOUD at checkout. So please go to americaoutloud.shop, find the Healthy Cell card, click on it, it has all the instructions. It's pretty simple. You go to HealthyCell.com. You put your card together. You use the code out loud at checkout. It lets them know that you listen to America Out Loud. And as a thank you, you get 25% off your first order. Trouble concentrating or recalling information is frustrating, embarrassing, and kills productivity. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created Focus and Recall to boost your brain power. And unlike other supplements that don't work, Focus and Recall is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients to help you immediately sharpen focus and strengthen recall. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order, risk-free. Love it or your money back, guaranteed. HealthyCell.com, code OUTLOUD. Loud. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. The Wellness Company's chief medical board designed every supplement and medical protocol with your health in mind. From groundbreaking supplements like the Spike Support Formula to unique care like freedom from Big Pharma. Join a healthcare system that puts your health and well-being above the interest of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be with a company that shares your values. Go to OutloudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. We wouldn't go a day without washing our hands, brushing our teeth, and washing our nose. Well, wait, we wash our nose? Yes, the number one place where bacteria, viruses, and pollen enter the body is through the nose. So the average person breathes over 23,000 times a day. That's 23,000 opportunities for bacteria, viruses, and irritants to get into your nose and make you sick. For an extra layer of protection, wash your nose with Clear. That is Clear. 
X-L-E-A-R. Clear's drug-free nasal spray features xylitol, an ingredient proven to block adhesion of many nasty bacteria and viruses, and effectively clean, not just rinse like a saline, but wash your nose. Clear nasal spray quickly alleviates congestion, opens your airway, and ensures your body's natural defenses are strong. Read the research studies for yourself at clear.com. That's X-L-E-A-R.com. Protect yourself from the pathogens and junk you breathe. Pick up a bottle for you and your family today. Welcome back, Everyday Americans. You've rejoined the Constitution Study. And today, we're talking about the hand that rocked our cradles and has left us in this socialist nightmarish dystopia that we currently live in. Again, a lot of people want to go back and blame the public schools. But ultimately, the fact is, the public schools were created to serve the public. It's the American people that let them become government indoctrination centers. It's the American people that kept sending their children there. Now, I know there are some people that they didn't really have another choice. But I believe the vast majority of us placed our convenience, our ease over the raising of our children. And we allowed some other hand to rock that cradle. And now we are reaping the whirlwind of doing that. I've used this example before, a couple of years ago, back in the middle of, well, I guess it's toward the end, more close to the end, it was a couple of years ago, end of COVID. Um, <clears throat> I was speaking uh, to a group of uh, college students. And of course, we were right in the middle of, of a lot of the, the mask mandates and the vaccine mandates and all this. And towards the end of the talk, one young man, he, I can look at him, he's a young man, he's much younger than I am, said, uh, you know, Paul, you've been talking a lot about uh, infringements and, and, and rights, but if it's the right thing to do, what's the big deal? In other words, if they're infringing on our rights, but if it's the right thing to do, what's the big deal? And I took a beat, and then I answered him with a list of the freedoms I had enjoyed when I was his age that he had no concept of. True freedom of religion, freedom of speech, freedom of the press, freedom to peaceably assemble, freedom to petition. It's to be to be safe from unreasonable searches and seizures, to to have my to be protected, uh, have my due process rights protected. All of these on and on and on and on. I said you've never experienced these. You don't know what it's like to to you you're unfamiliar. You to you it's anathema to say. I may vehemently disagree with what you say, but I will defend to the death your right to say it. It's anathema to what our young people have been taught. So we really shouldn't be surprised when we see uh, a polls like this coming out. See, there was a survey by Redfield and Wilton that was done, I believe, for Newsweek. And they in that report, they found that 44% of those aged 25 to 34 think referring to someone by the wrong gender pronoun should be a criminal offense. And only 31% disagreed. Think about it. Just shy of half of our young people think using the wrong pronoun should put you in jail, in a criminal offense. Uh, whatever happened to freedom of speech? What happened to the basics of understanding biology and, by the way, the English language? Language. See, what's interesting is a uh, gender pronoun 
languages are gendered. He versus she is a gender differentiation based on a person's sex. And they think if you use it wrong, you should go to jail. 44% of those 25 to 34 that were surveyed. Less, just under a third said, no, you shouldn't go to jail for that. I, I wonder if there are punishments they, they thought should be allowed for people who look at a, someone and say, well, that's a him, and look at another one and say, that's a her, but that's not what they want. See, there's the interesting thing. When they talk about misgendering, they're not, they use the term misgendering. It's what they say the wrong gender program. No, they're talking about the grammatically correct gender pronoun. But you see, people want to disregard the truth. They want they, they want to be they 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 want to define what truth is. They don't want to be told, "I'm a boy, I'm a girl." It's obvious. It's evident. If you don't believe that, there's something wrong between the ears. And now they want to, a significant percentage of the next generation want to criminalize showing that, identifying that, using the proper, the, the correct pronoun for a person's biological sex, the correct gender. These are the people, 25 to 34. How many of them are going to be the ones writing our laws in the near future? How many of them will be the ones trying to persuade us? To criminalize the use of pronouns. Don't think that would happen? We've already seen it with the, the making of wedding cakes, the arranging of flowers, the creating of websites. There are people that want to criminalize disagreement with certain lifestyles. And if you actually express that disagreement or refuse to express agreement with it, they want you criminalized. Ladies and gentlemen, this comes from the hand rocking the cradle. They've been marinated in this idea of truth is what you think it is. And you have the right to impose your truth on somebody else, but they have no right to impose their truth on you. That's narcissistic. In fact, I'm not a psychologist. That might be borderline psychotic. But it's not just that we have these people thinking these things. They're not interested in freedom. These are the words, ladies, these are the words of tyranny. If you don't use the pronoun I want, you should be a criminal. You should have your rights taken away from you because you don't you don't confirm my psychoses. These are the people that will be ruling the world, will come from this generation. Where's freedom and liberty there? How can we call ourselves the land of the free when these are the people that are already starting to make our laws? How? And if this is what how bad the 25 to 34 generation is, what about the, the younger, the, the 16 to 24? What have they been taught? How much farther will they go? What about the 5 to 12? How far will they go? Because the rate of change has been growing exponentially. Because the American people have taken their hands off the cradle and allow someone else, someone with an, an evil, twisted view of life, to rock that cradle.
and then we're shocked to find our children to be these Marxists, to, to believe that the world and the universe has to warp itself to comply with whatever vision they think is right. And now we're watching as more and more people are not only indoctrinating our children, but saying they need to tell us what to do. That, that somehow they are mature enough to make life-altering decisions. I want you to listen to some of the testimony from a young woman. This was taken before, it was a house hearing. A girl, the lady's name is Chloe Cole. And if this doesn't break your heart, I don't know what will. I used to believe that I was born in the wrong body. And the adults in my life, whom I trusted, affirmed my belief. And this caused me lifelong irreversible harm. I speak to you today as a victim of one of the biggest medical scandals in the history of the United States of America. I speak to you in the hope that you will have the courage to bring the scandal to an end and ensure that other vulnerable teenagers, children, and young adults don't go through what I went through. At the age of 12, I began to experience what my medical team would later diagnose as gender dysphoria. I was well into an early puberty, and I was very uncomfortable with the changes that were happening to my body. I want to point out a couple of things. We think when we talk about the hand that rocks the cradle, we think about newborns and infants. Here we have a young lady who needed a hand. We, all of us adults have gone through puberty, the, the confusion, the, the irritation with the, 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 about what's going on in our bodies. We've all gone through it. It is common to all of us, man and woman alike. Here's a young lady who's going through apparently an early puberty, but still puberty. And she was confused. And when she went to the adults for help, what she got was a horror. I was, I was intimidated by male attention. And when I told my parents that I felt like a boy, in retrospect, all I meant was that I hated puberty, that I wanted this newfound sexual attention to go away, that I looked up to my brothers a little bit more than I did to my sisters. I came out as transgender in a letter I sent on the dining room table. My parents were immediately concerned. They felt like they needed to get outside help from medical professionals, but this proved to be a mistake. It immediately set our entire family down a path of ideologically motivated deceit and coercion. Listen to what's being described. You have a, a, a still a minor, right, 12 years old, 13 years old, um, confused, being brought to a medical establishment, and rather than finding analysis and treatment, found, as she described it, a... a an ideologically informed web of lies and deceit. The gender specialist I was taken to, taken to see told my parents that I need to be put on puberty-blocking drugs right away. They asked my parents a simple question. Would you rather have a dead daughter or a living transgender son? The choice was enough for my parents to let their guard down, and in retrospect, I can't blame them. This was the moment that we all became victims of so-called gender-affirming care. A part of me is amazed at how this young lady, you'll find out later she's 19 years old, how 
calm she is and recognizing that her, her parents were, were scared. They, the doctor scared them to death. He suddenly claimed that if they don't do this medical treatment that their daughter would commit suicide. When I was a teenager, the, uh, the, the sister of a couple friends of mine committed suicide. I, suicide. I remember the impact it had on them and on their whole family. And, and I, I understand the, the, the reasoning, but I, I, the, the maturity of this young lady to recognize that her parents were scared. But listen to what happened to her once the parents uh, agreed to this so-called gender-affirming care. I was fast-tracked onto puberty blockers and then testosterone. The resulting menopausal-like hot flashes made focusing on school impossible. I still get joint pains and weird pops in my back, but they were far worse when I was on the blockers. A month later, when I was 13, I had my first testosterone injection. It's caused permanent changes to my body. My voice will forever be deeper, my jawline sharper, my nose longer, my bone structure um, permanently masculinized, my Adam's apple more prominent, my fertility unknown. I look in the mirror sometimes and I feel like a monster. I had a double mastectomy at 15. They tested my amputated breast for cancer. Now I was cancer free, of course. I was perfectly healthy. There was nothing wrong with my still developing body or my breasts, other than that, as an insecure teenage girl, I felt awkward about it. How many of the women out there can identify with her feelings? Not what was done to her, but the feelings of confusion and difficulty in dealing with the changes in the body. Being a man, I don't know what it's like for a woman. I know what it was like for me as a man, but here we see a... a, a I don't call it a problem. Here we see a person going through the natural processes of becoming an adult, it being treated as a disease, and now she is permanently scarred from those treatments. After my breasts were taken away from me, the tissue was incinerated. Before I was able to legally drive, I had, part, I had a huge part of my future womanhood taken from me. I will never be able to breastfeed. I struggle to look at myself in the mirror at times. I, I, still, I still struggle to this day with sexual dysfunction. And I have massive scars across my chest. And the skin grafts that they use, that they took of my nipples, are weeping fluid today. And they were grafted into a more masculine positioning, they said. After surgery, my grades in school plummeted. Everything that I went through did nothing to address my underlying mental health issues that I had. And my doctors, with their theories on gender, thought that all my problems would go away as soon as I was surgically transformed into something that vaguely resembled a boy. Their theories were wrong. The drugs and surgeries changed my body, but they did not and could not change the basic reality that I am and forever will be a female. When my specialist first told my parents that they could have a dead daughter or a live transgender son, I wasn't suicidal. I was a happy child who struggled because she was different. However, at 16, after my surgery, I did become suicidal. I'm doing better now. But my parents almost got the dead daughter promised to them by my doctors. My doctors had almost created the very nightmare they said they were trying to avoid. This is a nightmare. This is a young lady looking for a hand to help her through a difficult time of life. And you have medical professionals that ignore 
centuries, millennia of medical history for a political agenda or sociological agenda. And she is now the forever will be the victim of it. Her life will never be the same. So what message do I want to bring to American teenagers and their families? I didn't need to be lied to. I needed compassion. I needed to be loved. I needed to be given therapy to help me work through my issues, not affirm to my delusion that by transforming into a boy, it would solve all my problems. We need to stop telling 12-year-olds that they were born wrong, that they are right to reject their own bodies and feel uncomfortable with their own skin. We need to stop telling children that puberty is an option, that they can choose what kind of puberty they will go through, just so they can choose what clothes to wear or what music to listen to. Puberty is a rite of passage to adulthood, not a disease to be mitigated. Today, I should be at home with my family celebrating my 19th birthday, and instead I'm making a desperate plea to my elected, re my elected representatives. Learn the lessons from other medical scandals like the opioid crisis to recognize that doctors are human too, and sometimes they are wrong. My childhood was ruined along with thousands of detransitioners that I know through our networks. This needs to stop. You alone can stop it. Enough children have already been victimized by this barbaric pseudoscience. Please let me be your final warning. Thank you. I disagree with one statement in the end. The, the elected officials are not the only ones that can stop it. We can stop it. We can stop it when we support parents that support their children and want to help them through puberty rather than letting a medical establishment mutilate them. We don't need government assistance. Government assistance would help laws against self-mutilation of minors, but I don't think we should wait for them. I think we need to do this ourselves. I have to take a break. I've already run long and I do apologize for that. But before I go, you know, you want to find out more go to americaoutloud.news. It's a daily stop for your latest news and happenings. But I'm going to ask you to take the videos, the podcasts, the articles, the stories, things like this, and share them. Share them with others so that they can hear the true cost of the hands that we've let rock these cradles. That, ladies and gentlemen, is how you help to secure the blessings of liberty. We are the pulse and voice of everyday American thought. AmericaOutloud.news, delivering a message of truth, inspiration, and hope to the world. Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. Join us in the fight for liberty and justice for all. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long haul effects of the toxic spike protein. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at the Wellness Company designed their spike support formula to counteract harmful spike protein from COVID-19 and vaccines so you can feel your best. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. 
For 25 years, Global Healing has proudly produced the highest quality supplements and cleansing programs that are rooted in nature and backed by science. Get 15% off all of our products using code OUTLOUD. Global Healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. Welcome back, Everyday Americans. You've rejoined the Constitution Study. And I don't know about you, if you could listen to the end of that last segment and not have your heart break, I wonder what your heart is made of. And that, to me, shows the extreme example of children deciding, the idea that that of a society that will take what a child says without any critical thought, without any scientific analysis, without any reference to centuries of history, and use that to destroy the childhood of God knows how many young people. See, there's a reason why children aren't allowed to make decisions for themselves. Why the age of 18 is considered the age of consent for everything from um, joining the military to signing a contract to just about anything else. It's the idea of you need to be, there's a certain level of maturity that's needed because we all know what would happen if children got what they wanted when they wanted. Now, in an example of a picture being worth a thousand words, um, Representative Wesley Hunt of Texas had an interesting display. Quote, we, what would happen if we affirmed every thought that our children have? I'd like to show you a food pyramid. Now, I know what you're thinking. This is not the FDA's approved food pyramid, although many of you probably wish it was. This is the food pyramid according to my four-year-old and two-year-old daughters. And he put up a picture. He said, if my children had their way, they would have ice cream for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and for every single meal in between. Oh, the wisdom of children, but in a sane country, we know that children aren't mature enough to make adult decisions that will impact the rest of their lives. That's why we have parents. Children cry for ice cream, but as parents, we have the wisdom to know that ice cream is not in their best interest, particularly their long-term interests. And that food pyramid filled with nothing but ice cream, to me, shows there's a reason why we don't let children decide what to have for every meal. We have parents. And then, I, got, I, I, I copied this quote, I, I, I recorded this quote, because to me, this is a man being a father, a parent. Not the mealy-mouth nonsense we've been hearing. This is how a father stands up for his children. Ms. Scanlon, my daughters are going to watch this because you have become their new hero. And I can assure you that my four-year-old and my two-year-old daughters will not change in front of biological men. This is ridiculous. I don't care what party you are a part of. If you think that we are all equal and the same biologically, you've literally lost your mind. And when my two daughters work hard in the sport, work hard in their craft to be the best that they can be amongst other women, they will compete against other women. I owe Victoria and Olivia and every other young lady in this country that. 
If you think I'm wrong, I am not the problem. I can assure you. Now compare that to the reaction on the House floor to a speech in support of an appropriations bill that these people do not like. If both sides won't, we still will do that work. And I would yield one more time to the gentlelady. Be in order. Mr. Speaker, the House is not in order. The House will be in order. Now, what you may not have heard in the, the noise, because originally it was, it was the volume was down, um, is Representative Cordy Bush screaming, "Those bills, your bills are racist. Your bills are racist." She might as well thrown down on a on a in a grocery store saying she's not getting the sugary cereal she wants. She's throwing a temper tantrum. And how many of the other members of the House went along? You see, if you've been told since you were a child in school that all you have to do is make a fuss and you get your way, then you grow up a child. And that is exactly what was demonstrated here. Not a, excuse me, Mr. Speaker, but your bills are racist, and, and here's my proof. Here's the evidence. Here's the facts. No, no, no. What you have is an angry woman yelling and screaming like a petulant child. I wonder, has she grown up in a petulant family? Was she trained in, in elementary school, in high school, and in college? All she has to do is yell the world racist and everybody's supposed to comply. See, that's the hand that has been rocking the cradle for generations now. It's gotten stronger, it's gotten more flagrant, but it's the hand that's been rocking this cradle. And we have to wonder, does it still work? But the good news is, it doesn't have to be this way. They're actually examples of young people that have what I would say is a, is a good head on their shoulders. They, they, they understand their rights and they're willing to, to exercise them and defend them. There's a lawsuit going on. Uh, I believe it's in the Scotts Valley Unified School District. He, they're being sued by a, a, well, it started when he was seven years old. The young man, uh, they don't use his name, it's just H.N., his, assuming his initials. So he's suing the school. See, I'm reading an article from Zero Hedge. Uh, see, what makes him different is, is, yeah, he's suing the school in California Superior Court. Now, the story started, I guess the story first broke back in April of this year, but it all started back in September of 2021. When he refused to wear a mask in school and did not consent to getting COVID tested, he said, quote, I did not like this big, gigantic thing up my nose. Can't say that I blame him. Now, between September of 21 and June of 22, H.N. and his father informed the school principal multiple times that they did not consent to experimental medical products like masking or COVID injections. H.N. stated that he does not like to wear a mask because the virus travels through the mask anyway. He cannot breathe well in the mask. He cannot see the facial expressions of his teachers and classmates when they wear the mask. And there's a chance of bacteria getting trapped in the mask. 
In addition, he said the proper ventilation is superior to masks according to multiple studies. I don't know, is, is are, are adults doing his homework or not? Because this is a pretty good argument. But apparently that argument was not enough for the school. She kept getting di disciplined for not complying with school regulations. Regulations, by the way, that violate the Constitution of the United States and are therefore void. The complaint mentions nine separate instances where HN refused to wear a mask and was either and was isolated in a classroom by himself with a substitute teacher, taken to the principal's office, or taken to classroom 34, which was a storage unit. Another incident included in the complaint took place on January 11th, 22, when it's alleged that uh, HN was harassed for not wanting to use hand sanitizer. See, HN said that, at, that after he told the teachers that hand washing with soap is more effective, he was sent to the nurse's office to allow him to wash his hands as a one-time exception. The next day, the same incident was repeated. This time, HN showed his teacher and his, and his nurse a CDC report indicating that hand washing is more effective than hand sanitizer. And again, he was allowed to go wash his hands. Now, uh, HN says that the, what, what was a trigger that led him to refusing to ever wear a mask again was seeing a picture of Governor Gavin Newsom and the San Francisco and Los Angeles mayors at the SoFi Museum in Inglewood, California, not wearing, wearing masks during an NFC title game between the Rams and the San Francisco 49ers. He said, that was the moment HN eventually decided to follow their lead and stop wearing masks in school in protest. And this started in February of 2022, according to the complaint. The complaint also includes uh, instances of, of constant harassment and humiliation, being placed in isolation, uh, being told to run, um, run laps on the track, being bullied in the yard by the, the person on duty. Um, he says, you know, my freedom does not end where your fear starts. I love this. I want to know how this kid was educated. So this has led to the, the lawsuit, which being that HN is a minor, is being handled by his father, uh, Mr. Uh, Nordgreen. And uh, I, I'm actually, I've reached out. I'm hoping to get somebody from this on the radio program. I want, I'd love to talk to this young man. I know he doesn't want his name shared. I'll be more than happy to do that. But this, ladies and gentlemen, this is how we stop it. Somebody rock this young boy's cradle with the understanding of freedom and liberty and the responsibility that comes with it. The willingness to stand up even when he's being punished, doing the right thing because it's the right thing. That line, my freedom does not end where your fear starts. I love that. This is what we need to highlight. We can live free. We can raise a generation that loves freedom and liberty and rights, is willing to take on the responsibilities of living as a free people that had the bravery to stand up to the tyrants and the idiocy and the, the unscientific groupthink that has become so popular in our medical establishment and elsewhere. This, ladies and gentlemen, is a young man whose cradle has been rocked by freedom and liberty, and I hope continues to be so. 
So if if anyone knows this get this young man, please, I've already reached out to their attorney. They can reach out to me at the website. They can reach out to me at constitutionstudy.com or they can reach out to, through americaoutloud.com that news. They can find the Constitution study. They leave a comment. However you do it, I would love to have this young man on the program because to me, this is not only, this is inspirational. This gives me hope. There are still families that are teaching their children to be free, not to be enslaved to the government. And we need more of them. And I think letting people know that you can stand up even if it costs you something. That as John Quincy Adams said when he was asked why he kept filing abolition bills when they, in, in the House when they kept, kept getting shot down, he said, the duty is ours. Results are God's. I wanted to leave you with this hope. There are people doing the right thing. We need to support them. We need to join them. And that's part of what we're trying to do here at the Constitution Study. It's part of what we're trying to do with the Patriots program because I want this information communicated. I want people educated on what they can do in these situations. And I want people willing to stand up and support them, whether it's supporting them in their lawsuit, whether it's supporting them with advice, whether it's just showing up at the school or at a board meeting and supporting a young man willing to stand for his rights and his freedom and his liberty. The bravery of this young man should put people like Corey, Representative Cory Bush to shame. And I think we need to encourage that. Because the hand that's rocking the cradle today will choose your future tomorrow. The cradle doesn't stop, by the way, when they're no longer toddlers. There are I've been through life where I've had young men that have looked to me for guidance and advice. The son of a friend of mine at one time did it. There's, there's, there's actually a young man in town, I think, maybe looking for, for some guidance and advice. And I can help rock that cradle, even though the, the, boy, the man's 20 years old. He may still be looking for someone to help help with guidance and advice. You know, Hillary Clinton said it takes a village to raise a, a child. It takes a village idiot to believe that. I agree with Thomas Sowell about that. But that doesn't mean we can't help those who are rocking the cradle, who are raising those children. Whether we help them by standing alongside, by offering advice, or by helping them get control of the schools. If we don't, if we continue to let the Marxists, the communists run our schools, then we have a socialist nation. If we're going to give our four and five year olds to the socialist state, we shouldn't be surprised when we live in socialism. If we allow all education, from the moment a child can get along without their mother to be controlled by the state institutions, then we are a communist state, a socialist state. If we allow our government to tell us, because we will not comply, that they will take away our children to teach them to be servants of the state, 
then we are living in the fascist future. We don't have to. There are other options. Yes, it takes work. Yes, it takes effort. Yes, it takes commitment. But I have to ask you, if that generation will be choosing our futures, what is their education worth? Now, hopefully you enjoyed this enough. You'll come back and join us every weekday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time for the Constitution Study heard on America Out Loud Talk Radio on the iHeartRadio Network. If you can't listen then, find the podcast. Listen to your favorite podcast app. But do me a favor, subscribe to the shows, rate them. It helps other people find the Constitution Study as well. You can find all the links at the homepage at americaoutloud.news. But as always, share them. That is how we help work together. That is how you help us as we help you and we all share the blessings of liberty.